Hey everybody, it's JD Partain, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Lana, outside of Amarillo, Texas. And we're standing in Farmer so Bob's and so. field, and we are watching the crops begin to grow as well as the Cadillacs. We have a great day prepared for you today. For one thing, you're going to have a guest speaker. His name happens to be Tom Stewart. And you all know and love him. He's a fantastic guy. He's going to share his heart for the Lord with you. And in the meantime, we're going to be probably worshiping at a Spanish-speaking church. How about that? Hope you have a great Sunday. So good morning. I've got to say, I'm glad to be here, and I hope you are too. Uh... J.D. and I talked one time about visitors. He said there's never a Sunday that goes by that we don't have at least one visitor. And I see some faces I'm not absolutely sure I know. So we are uh, glad that the visitors are here. As is greatly and apparently obvious, I am not the regular speaker, nor am I J.D. So, unfortunately, if you came to hear J.D. this morning, you're going to have to come back in two weeks because we've just seen he's on vacation with his family in Texas. Uh, I was originally born in Texas, and that uh, Cadillac farm he's standing in front of, uh, I have driven by many times. I do want to take this uh, first opportunity, though, to say thanks to so many people who make the worship service seem effort effortless. Um, there are people that uh, come in and they set up the chairs. We've got banners, put out coffee, donuts, set up the sound system who lead the uh, singing worship, uh, those who teach the young ones who go to class. And it is not easy to do the same thing every week. And I really appreciate uh, those who volunteer and do it over and over kind of feel like I'm in a weird spot here. You know, in a perfect world, that post wouldn't be there. I, w I, wish, I wish there was a chair where the post was. I'd just go out there and sit down in a chair and do it from a chair. Okay. So, see, there we go. We're going to mess with that thing. Long hair and this mic don't go together. Is it still there? Nope. <laughs> where? Where? This is going to be something. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I told, I told Ethan I had to have the headset because I talk with my hands. And I said, if you'd have given me a microphone, he'd be like, uh, 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 so I, you know, and it's hard for me to talk with just one hand. So anyway, we're going to try to get through this. So I was born in a place called Granbury, Texas. And when I was born, I was 10 pounds, 4 ounces. I was always waiting for the women to gasp when you say that. Um, I was actually the fattest baby born in Granbury General Hospital at that time. I'm sure bigger babies have been born. Um, and my father was a Church of Christ preacher. And right after I was born, I was probably about six months old, we moved to a little place called Vernal, Utah. And he was the first Church of Christ preacher uh, in Vernal. Then when I was about four, we moved to beautiful Blythe, California. Those, yeah, those that know it, that's why they're laughing. Um, and over the years, we moved several times up and down the state of California from as far north as Watsonville, 
which is in the Santa Cruz, San Jose area, and as far south down as Riverside. Then at the age of 15, we moved back to Childress, Texas. And then at 17, I moved out on my own to start my own life. And so by that time, I'd already moved about eight times. Uh, so from a very early age, I learned how to get to know people very quickly because we moved every two and a half to three years. Uh, it didn't give me a lot of time for relationship building. Now, have you seen the, um, I guess, uh, lapse time videos? So we take a seed, we put it in the sand, you know, and over a period of two weeks, the seed nurtures and blooms and becomes a flower. Well, the way that I built relationships was not like nurturing a flower till it blooms. It was more like watching that 60-second high-speed video. It's just like we're here and we're to the end. So it would be something more like, hi, my name is Tom. I have a bike. I have a dog. I've got some toys. I live around the corner. You want to come play? Do you? Do you? Do you? So some people found me to be a bit overwhelming, which, by the way, doesn't go over really well in small-town Texas. They do want to get to know you. They don't want you to get to know them. So by a show of hands, how many people were actually born in the state of Montana? Nice. Okay. How many were actually born right here in Missoula? All right. So that's a good, healthy, strong showing. Okay. So here I am, small town, Childress, Texas, 17 years old. And I met my wife, Peggy, and at the ripe old age of 17, we decided to get married. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> no, it was not a good idea. I'm not sure if that's what you said, but you're right. It was not. <laughs> oh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, that's one word. <laughs> so anyway, uh, shortly after that, at the age of 19, I joined the Navy. And our first stop was Charleston, South Carolina. And then after a brief stint out there, we went back to San Diego, then Orlando, and then Chicago, and then back to San Diego, and then Santa Fe, New Mexico, back to San Diego. So, I'm not going to give you every little place in between, but my wife and I up to this point had moved 27 times. That's what she said. But wait, there's more. Uh, in 2016, I was retired, and we had decided we were kind of done with San Diego and more in general California. So, two moves later, we moved into an RV and hit the road for four months. We went from San Diego uh, across the bottom. It took us like a month to get through Texas. Too many people I know there. And then we finally made it to the East Coast, up the coast, into Canada, and then we came back across, and then we went back to San Diego. <laughs> so, in September of 2017, we decided to move to beautiful Missoula, Montana. And we moved here into the Dib Dolls basement. And in less than three months, we were kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> and went and got our own place to live. No, it is not true. They were very gracious, and they say we could have stayed as long as we wanted. 
<laughs> no, they didn't kick us out. In fact, we've gone back and had sleepovers, so we're fine. Okay, so on top of all that, while I was stationed in the Navy, I was at 11 different commands, uh, which encompassed six different ships and five different naval stations. Now, why do I tell you all of that? Am I trying to impress you with my moving ability, all the places I've lived, how interesting my life must be because I've done so many things? Not really. I say all of that because it has taught me a lot about relationships. I have had many relationships, as I'm sure as you all have. Some good, some not so good. My father used to say that I have never met a stranger. So, back in Vernal, Utah, somewhere between the ages of three and four, I decided to wander off out the front yard. Much to my parents' horror. I don't know if you've ever had to look for a three or four-year-old because you don't know where they are. I have. It freaks you out. So anyway, I wandered off out the front yard. And I had to be told this story, obviously, because I was too young to remember it. And they came upon me, and I was sitting on a bench talking to an elderly gentleman. And as my parents approached, he looked at them and said, Well, I figured somebody sooner or later would come looking for him. Uh, so I just sat here and kept him entertained. He goes, you know, he's quite a storyteller, and I've enjoyed sitting here listening to him talk. So that tells us two things. I had no concept of stranger danger. <laughs> I'm saying. And uh, I learned to talk too much at a very early age. <laughs> so, as we know, God has made us in his own image. The image of God, Imago Dei. Who says that a lot? J.D. And I love those two Greek words. He constantly refers to them. So what do we know about God in his image? You know, in all the religions in the world, Christianity is the only religion that what? God seeks us. You look at any other religion, and they're religions of man seeking a God. But in Christianity, it is a religion of God seeking us. Genesis 1.27 says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female created he them. But why? Why did God create man? Why did God create mankind? We have absolutely nothing to offer him that he doesn't already have. And we can give him nothing that he needs. So why do we think God created man? God created man so that he could have a relationship with us. It's the only thing that makes sense. Genesis 3 it says that God was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And verse 9 says that he called out to them. So God didn't create Adam and Eve just to put them in the garden and watch them like a science experiment or like an ant barn. God created Adam and Eve 
so he could have a relationship with them. It says that he was walking in the cool of the day and called out to them. So he wants to have a relationship with us. It's interesting that just a couple of days ago I was listening to a podcast and the longest standing study to this day has been being conducted for 75 years. And that study is the study of the longevity of man. What is it that makes men live longer? It's not about diet. It's not about affluence, education, genetics, race, or even geographical location. Those who are living the longest are in good, close relationships. He wants us to have good relationships. Even our own Echo webpage bears that out. And if you go to it and you look, under the heading of church, under the note gathered, it says, we meet regularly to share Jesus through our lives and our words, encouraging individuals to grow in Jesus inspire a sense of belonging by sharing joys and burdens. That says that we want to share Jesus through our lives, encourage individuals to grow, and inspire a sense of belonging by sharing our joys and our burdens. If that's not a, the essence of relationship, I don't know what is. Okay, and I know. Many of you may complain about this later. You may gripe to J.D. when he shows back up, but I want everybody to stand up right now. I know people, they say, why do people make us stand up? Well, because we can. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I want everybody to look at me right now, and we're going to say something together all at the same time. I want you to say, I'm glad you are here today. So say it with me. I'm glad you are here today. Okay. Turn and face each other. Not that kind of face each other. This side face that side. <laughs> Communication is a tough thing. I want you to look at each other, not at me. I want you to look at each other, find a face, and I want you to tell that face, I am glad you are here today. Okay, thanks for indulging me. Go ahead and sit down. I've had people tell me, I hate meet and greet. I don't want to walk up and shake people's hands. I don't know who they are. Well, I do. So let's talk about, for a moment, what it takes to build a good relationship. What, what are some of the things it takes to build a good relationship? That's a question, by the way. And I'm okay with the silence. What else? Who said Honesty. Very good. What else? Anybody from this side of the room? True. Time, communication. Okay. Patience, love. Absolutely. That's one of the hard ones. So those are um, obviously good things. Now I might simplify this. One of the first things we need to do to build a relationship 
is to get to know their name. How many times have you walked up to somebody thinking, I know who that is. What is their name? So, as I said before, my father was a Church of Christ preacher. And uh, one Sunday morning after service, as he did, he would stand by the door as people left and shake their hand and talk to them. There were two brothers, David and James. So David came out, and my dad stretched out his hand. And he said, well, good morning, James. And he says, I'm not James. I'm David. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. He says, i tell you what. The next time I forget and call you by your brother's name, you just kick me in the shin. <laughs> yeah. So about two weeks went by. David comes back out. He says, hey, good morning, James. David didn't say a word, reared back, kicked him in the shin as hard as he could. <laughs> I know it to be true because I heard my dad yell out. So, my dad learned two important things from this. One, don't ask someone for something you may not want. And two, sometimes children take things literally. So, he never mistook David for James again. Okay. What do we think of when we think of relationship building? We've talked about that. We have to get to know them. And by turn, we have to let them get to know us. We have to ask questions about them. What are the good questions to ask? If you're trying to get to know somebody, what kind of questions do you ask? Right. You want to you ask a question that's going to involve conversation. You don't want to ask people yes or no questions because they're just going to say yes, no. So we want to ask questions that will help us to get to know them better, not simply yes or no. And we want to ask good questions. So when I was in the Navy, I was uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I'd been on a little hiatus from active recruiting, which is, that's a totally different story. So they put me in the Albuquerque recruiting office, and this is where I met a really long-time friend of mine, a guy by the name of Jason Barrios. And we had our very first meeting, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the very first day. He walks outside while I'm smoking a cigarette, walks up to me and goes, hey, so my name's Jason Barrios. I hear you're crazy. Is that true? <laughs> Again, we want to ask good questions. <laughs> and we don't want to be too personal when we're first starting to get to know someone. We don't want them to feel like there's a big bright lamp on someone. We're interrogating them. What is one of the most important things, and it's one thing, trust me, I've had to work on in my life, if we're having a conversation, what is really important that we do in a conversation when we're talking to somebody else? Somebody said it earlier. Be a good listener, right? While they're ask, answering your question, we listen to what they're saying. We drink it in. We just don't hopefully wait. They'll take a pause so that we can say what we're going to say. So if we're desiring to build a relationship, we're listening to what they're saying. So hopefully we can get to know them better. 
<coughs> That's a lot of work just to get back to my timer. Okay. So I know that there are some who say, well, I struggle with that. It's really hard for me to talk to people I don't know. Well, okay, I totally get that. If you can, partner with somebody who does. Find that someone who likes to talk too much, has no problem introducing themselves and finding out about them. Maybe you're like me and my wife. I'm, she's. <laughs> so, if we're together, you know, she'll just hang on to my arm and just go with me. And that may be true in a lot of relationships. I won't mention any by name, but I have been told that there are those whose partner just, and they're more quiet. Now, I know a lot of this seems overwhelming, and I will say that practice makes better. I won't say practice, practice makes perfect, because that's a lie. And it's too much pressure to try to be perfect. The only way we are perfect is when we are perfected in Christ. Hebrews 10.14 says, For by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. All right. Who can we think of in the Bible that are good What are some examples of really good relationships in the Bible? And not Samson and Delilah. I'll just give that to you for free. That's a bad relationship. What's an example of a good relationship in the Bible? Jonathan and David. Good. Who else? I don't know. I don't, I, who? Paul and Barnabas? Absolutely. Who else in the Old Testament possibly? Names kind of sound the same. Elijah and Elisha? Okay. And probably one that I would think all women who have had mother-in-laws would know. Ruth and Naomi. So these are some really excellent examples of really good relationships. And I want to just share some of the verses with you briefly. Uh, this is in a conversation between Elijah and Elisha. And Elijah asked Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken from you. He says, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Elisha replied, you have asked a difficult thing. Yet, if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. And as they were walking along together, suddenly a chariot of horses and fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elisha went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha, I'm sorry, Elijah. Elisha sees this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Um, if you know the story of uh, Ruth and Naomi, she refused to be separated from her. Um, I like where she says, Your people shall be my people, my God shall be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there we will be buried. David and Jonathan... Interesting phrase that is used in 1 Samuel says that um, David and Jonathan, Jonathan loved him as his own soul. 
I'm not even sure I know what that means exactly, but I know it's deep. And Jonathan and David had this relationship, probably the deepest relationship of two men mentioned in the Bible. All right, so God created us for relationship. You know, the Bible refers to us in the kingdom in the exact same way that we, ref- we refer to family, mother, fathers, brother, sister, sons, daughters. God's kingdom is the exact same kingdom, or I should say is, is the exact same style of relationship that we should already be used to. It's the re- relationships we have with each other. Now, sometimes we may think that since we're dealing with Christians, that that would make building relationships easier, right? No. But if we had the fruits of the spirits, which are? Give me, give me one of the fruits of the spirit. Love, joy. Excellent. Somebody, raise your hand. Who was that? Nice. So I'm just going to read them off uh, quickly. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. That's my time. No, I don't mean that's my time. I mean that's my timer. Let me know. Anyway. Um, And (laughs) self-control. See, I said it to at least go that far and then not too much farther. So anyway... Now that we've talked about all these things about building relationships, what are some of the things that make it difficult to build a relationship? Yeah? Busy, selfishness. Uh, What about difference in people? Are we just because we're Christians all the same? Not hardly. You know, it's funny. One of the hardest things that it says in here, well, the two hardest, one of the hardest it says the giving up of our time and the inability to trust. It is really hard to build a relationship because if we're going to get to know somebody, we're going to let them get to know us. We're going to have to work off of trust. So lastly, if we are going to have great relationships with each other, what's going to be real important is we're going to have to learn how to ask for forgiveness and to be forgiven. Because I guarantee you, if you are working hard at having a relationship with somebody, you're trying to be honest and open, I guarantee you, we're going to mess up. And that's the point where we have to have the humility to ask for forgiveness and at the same time, allow that same grace towards others that if that happens, we're asked for forgiveness, we can be forgiven. Because I guarantee you, it's going to happen. So, if you didn't already know this about me, I'm a very social person. I love people. Um, I love to hear people's stories. I love to find out more about people. I'm not really what I would call a sports person, but I'm the kind of guy that if you were to ask me to a bullfrog jumping contest, I'd go just to be social because I love people and I love to spend time with them. And I know that's not everyone, and that's okay. My hope is is that every one of us here will work harder at building relationships with each other. If you are not um, outgoing or, i.e., obnoxious as I am, that's okay. 
I guarantee you there are people in this room who could appreciate the fact that you're a bit reserved. And if even in that space we can come together and share with each other, they can appreciate where you're coming from. So if you're still not convinced that God has created us to have relationships, remember what Jesus said in Matthew 2 when he said, or when he was asked, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And what is Jesus' answer? Very good. That we are to love the Lord the God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first in commandment. And the second is like, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, we have a story to share and an obligation to do so. We are to build relationships with those of us in this family who are around us to help us and equip us so that we can build relationship with those out in the world. Because if we can't build relationship amongst ourselves, we have a really tough time building relationships with those in the world. Mark 16, 15, 16 says that we are to go into the world and preach the gospel. To whom? All creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe shall be condemned. And even Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you, even to the end of days. I do appreciate so much uh, being able to speak this morning. I was a little nervous when the crowd was down. I thought maybe the word had gotten out that I was speaking this morning, but I'm glad Jen cleared it up. It's just spring break, so that's good. <laughs> but honestly, I, I do appreciate uh, being here this morning. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your listening. I absolutely value every one of you, and this is something that comes to my heart. I absolutely want us to have good relationships with each other. Would you bow with me? Our God and our Father, we are so thankful that we have this time that we can come together. We are thankful that since we are created in your image, that we have a desire and a hope to have relationships. We pray that you would help us to strengthen each other, to edify one another, to be loving, to be forgiving, and to be kind. Pray that you will be with us as we leave this morning and as we go out into this world. You will help us to work to build relationships so that your word can be spread. We are thankful for your son. We are thankful for the act of grace and mercy and forgiveness. We pray that you would watch over us, continue to bless us, and bring us back. It's all these things we ask in your son's most holy name. Amen.